Hey, Bourbon Bay. My name is Steven, and I recently started a podcast about two months ago on YouTube uh, called Bourbon Bay Talks, where we discuss many topics, mostly involving whiskeys, bourbons, and we kind of delve into the history of this amazing little spirit, um, you know, how it shaped our country, how it shaped other countries, uh, just the different aspects, you know, how it has played such a big role in the forming of our nation, our culture, and just, you know, how it touches so many others. Um, so yeah, we do talk, uh, hope you guys are having a good evening right now or morning, afternoon, whenever you happen to be listening to this episode. Um, and yeah, I'm just enjoying a nice little bourbon myself right now with some Weller. And yeah, so I hope you guys, uh, want to join me and let me know what kind of bourbon or whiskey or what kind of drink you're drinking and write it down in the comments and let me know what you think but yeah so i'll tell you a little bit about myself since this is my first episode on anchor through spotify uh, i'm a wine and spirit consultant over at abc fine wine and spirits down here in tampa bay i'm also an executive bourbon steward at uh through the Steven seath society uh, through Moonshine University down in Louisville. <laughs> so that's a little history about me. And, you know, basically kind of got started in bourbon like most people, either in college or a little bit before college. Uh, you know, was one of the drinks that I could drink without my friends really kind of drinking it all up before I could get to it. And we'll definitely go into more conversations like that, more stories like that. I'll probably have some of my buddies on this with me. Um, but yeah, I also. You know, it's been a crazy week. We had Hurricane Elsa or Tropical Storm Elsa to come through. Uh, then we had the Tampa Bay Lightning, my hometown team, win its second Stanley Cup back-to-back, baby, against the Montreal Canadiens in Game 5. Uh, you know, very tough match. Vasilevsky's got his fifth straight series-clinching shutout. And... I mean, hey, we went up against Montreal Canadiens. Um, definitely a surprise team to make the playoffs this year. They were the 18th place team uh, to make the playoffs. And But, hey, they're going to be definitely a team to watch come next year. They have a lot of talent with Colefield, Suzuki, uh, Weber as their captain. Of course, if Price stays back in net for them. And then Gallagher on the defense, Pacioretty. You know, it's a tough and it's going to be a scary team. So, uh when things hopefully get back to normal next season and we get back to the regular alignments where, of course, they're going to be in the Tampa Bay division, uh, that's going to be a scary team. So I definitely, you know, <laughs> looking forward to see that and see that rivalry between Tampa and Montreal build for sure. Um, but, yeah, now kind of getting back to uh, my podcast. And I have two lovely little bourbons with me today. Uh, one that is a bourbon that everybody is trying to get these days. It's heavily allocated, and that is the Weller Special Reserve bourbon. And I mean, it's not a super expensive. You're talking like twenty nine bucks at ABC. And I also have the Blade and Bow, and this one's about forty. The reason I decided to do two bourbons instead of my normal ones, uh, which if you guys go to my YouTube channel, Bourbon Bay Talks. Uh, you'll see I have about seven episodes where we talk about different subjects. 
all starting out with different bourbons. And usually you'll see that, yeah, I do have just one bourbon that I talk about and then kind of go into some history. But these two kind of have a little bit of a connection to each other in that Blade & Bow is made from the Stitzer Weller Distillery up there in Kentucky. And it is a historic distillery. Started back in the 1930s or even a little – actually, probably I think it was in the 1880s that it was started. Um and test to kind of quickly go through the blade and bow. Uh, it's now made by the modern Stitcher Weller, which is owned by Diario, one of the world's largest spirit companies in the world. So the blade and bow, basically, it is named after the five keys that hung on the door of the blade or at the Stitcher Weller distillery. And they basically stood for the five process or five way. Yeah, five processes in making bourbon. You know, the distilling, the grain, the milling, the aging, and then the bottling process. So those are what the five keys stand for. Um, I actually just heard the other day that you can collect these little keys in each key, or there's very few of them. Yeah, so there's like, yeah, there's a number on each key. And... There's, I think, five of them, and if you collect all five, you get to join their five-key society, uh, which I will definitely post a link on the website for the Blade & Bow. That is definitely on their website. Um, and, yeah, so it's a really nice bourbon. Uh, you definitely get some toasted cereal notes and warm winter spice and dry fruits. I also got a little bit of cherry in there. I also had a little bit of honey. Um, and then now kind of going on to the Weller, which is one that everybody seems to love. You know, it's a, one of the, it's considered one of the original weeded bourbons and yeah, so you definitely in the flavor profile, you're going to get that honey, that caramel, that vanilla, that toasted Oak. Um, you're also, I mean, last time I tried it, I definitely had some, a dried fruit note in there as well. Uh, but kind of going into the story of Weller, the famous history of the Weller family. Uh, so it was a gentleman named William Laurel Weller is what the bourbon is named after. Um, and just to kind of go back into his family history, his family immigrated to Maryland from Germany in the 19, or sorry, 1740s. And they purchased a large tract of land down there and became farmers like many people who at that time immigrated to the U.S. Um, actually, to the colonies, I should be back then because 1740s, the U.S. was uh, still a colony. And they were also millers. And then after that, they later moved to the Bluegrass State into the 1790s and became distillers. Um you know, basically, when you move, a lot of people that moved down to Kentucky at the time were uh, distillers. They, you know, they got into rye at that point. Um, were mostly making the whiskey out of rye, but once they came to Kentucky, they discovered corn from the Native Americans, and they then kind of told that the Native Americans actually introduced them to how to distill corn, and that's kind of the rustic version of whiskey today was that grain distilling from corn 
And so they joined many other families that did that process back in the mid-1790s. And basically that really became a huge culture in Kentucky at the time. And Samuel Weller, the third generation of the Weller family in America, and he was a second-generation distiller, joined another prominent distilling family following his marriage to Penelope or – I don't know if I'm saying that – Laurel. Arfuna Laurel, uh, their son William L. Laurel, or William Laurel Weller, was born in 1825. And basically, it was him who really kind of started the Weller Distillery in 1849. And actually, maybe that's a little bit uh, ahead of time. So it was actually the whiskey. He was a whiskey dealer, wholesaler, and did do some distilling at that point. Um, and then basically, after some generations went by, uh, W.L. Weller and his brothers started a distillery of their own, um, with Charles being one of them. And then they later kind of changed. It was Weller or W.L. Weller and Brothers was the name of the distillery. And then later it was changed to W.L. Weller and Sons. Um, so basically, yeah, over those years, they really kind of grew to becoming a really big distillery, a really well-known distillery in the time. And um, now this is a name you guys are, if you are bourbon connoisseurs, will definitely love to hear that in 1893, Julian Pappy Van Winkle Sr. Uh, was hired on at the W.L. Weller & Sons Distillery as a whiskey salesman and after the passing of W.L. Weller in 1899, Pappy and his co-worker Alex purchased the company in 1908. George Weller, William's oldest son, remained president of the company until the beginning of Prohibition when Pappy and Farsley decided to merge with Arthur Stitzler. And this is why we get the connection with the bow or blade and bow and the Stitzer-Weller distillery is that Arthur Stitzel of APH Stitzel Distillery, and they joined forces, and that became the Stitzer-Weller distillery, and it opened on Derby Day of 1935. Um, And this became, and it was during that time that they became famous for the original weeded bourbon, which basically um, the weeded bourbon is just it means that it's a higher percentage of wheat in the mash bill compared to, let's say, other grains such as rye and um, barley, which are other predominant grains that go into um, making bourbon. Of course, corn has to be the predominant grain. At least 51% corn um, has to be in that mash bill for it to be considered bourbon. Uh, so, yeah, they were basically kind of that first ones who really made a weeded bourbon. Um, which gives you a little bit smoother taste than a rye bourbon. Rye, you typically get more of that spicier note. You get more dry fruit notes. Uh, this one, the Weller Special Reserve, you definitely get that butterscotch in there. Uh, you get some nice woodiness, It's and it's also definitely very smooth. Um, so it's definitely a good bourbon if you're just trying to have a good time and entertain you know, your best friends and your family. Uh, because it's just a great bourbon to sit around and chat with. Uh, and also kind of going back, and now we're going to a little bit of that history side like I like to do on these podcasts. 
So uh, again, I like to highly recommend that you guys check out my podcast on YouTube. I'll definitely be doing more podcasts on here as another means to doing um, kind of spreading the word, sharing my passion with you guys. Uh, definitely would love for the comments for you guys to let me know what bourbons you want me to do, uh, what kind of segments you want me to talk about. And yeah, so kind of going into that history side, uh, we're kind of in some of my episodes you'll see on YouTube, I've talked about the, the American revolution, uh, even before that, all the way back to like the Mesopotamian times, um, how whiskey kind of got its name. And so on. So this one, I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about the down the river on the flatboat, where this is where uh, they say bourbon may have kind of gotten its name, whether it was either from Bourbon County, Kentucky, or Bourbon Street uh, down in New Orleans. Um, a lot of people say it's also maybe an homage to the um, Lord of Bourbon, uh, which was a French family, a um an aristocratic family in the French society. Um, we kind of gave homage since they really were big supporters during the American Revolution. So we kind of gave um, some homage to them, and they say that maybe that was a way how bourbon got its name. No one truly kind of knows how bourbon got its name, but you know, in the late um, 1700s, when a distiller made whiskey, he wanted to sell it as a quickly as possible. The distiller needed money and the rest of that, um, and he needed to get his product to town quickly. So there weren't really many trains back then. Carriages took too long. So the quickest way usually to kind of get products to market from you know inland United States like Kentucky was through the waterways, and Kentucky was definitely inundated with many, many waterways, rivers, creeks, and so, yeah, they decided to use river, um, flat bottom river boats that were very easy to go up shallow creeks and get that product to the markets down in like New Orleans um, and, and Virginia. So those were kind of like how they got started and um, were very quick ways to do that. So whiskey makers really just would take these flat bottom boats that were quickly made and as soon as they were either sailed all the way back up to Kentucky, they were taken apart, or if they were sailed all the way down to New Orleans, they, again, were broken down. Um, so, yeah, basically, during that time, they kind of realized that, I mean, it would still take a good amount of time for it to get from, you know, Kentucky down to New Orleans, at least a couple weeks or a couple months. And once they kind of opened up that whiskey in the barrels, it, I mean, it was nothing like, you know, what we enjoy, like a well, oh, sorry, a weller or a blade and bow, which is usually aged about seven years, six to seven years or longer. So yeah, these were aged a couple months. Um, so definitely not like the bourbons that we know of today, but you know, they did have a lot of nice character to them. It definitely kind of softened some of the burn after they kind of noticed that. And it gave it that nice amber color that we know bourbons to be these days. And so, yeah, this is kind of how bourbon uh, really kind of started to get its take 
So, yeah, I mean, I hope you guys enjoy. I know this was a quick little episode. I definitely highly recommend you guys turning into my show on YouTube on Tuesday. I usually try to do about once a week, usually hopefully on Tuesdays. And that way uh, you'll get to see the visual aspect of my podcast uh, where we do a little bit of the tastings. Uh, So, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this. I really hope that it's something that we can definitely keep on doing. And if you guys have any ideas, I highly recommend that. Uh, Yeah, and then we'll even do some uh, trivia questions. And, yeah, like, you know, if you guys happen to know, here's a trivia question. Um, What are the four predominant grains? And what is the barreling proof? required by law under the United States law for a product to be called bourbon. Um, So if you guys can write that down in the comments and let me know. And I'll definitely try to see about maybe doing some stuff like that in the future where we can do like little prizes and also have some interviews as well um, with some industry leaders, with some of my friends. So we'll definitely go ahead and do stuff like that. I really want to try to make this a podcast that isn't just for bourbon connoisseurs or enthusiasts, but for everybody. You know what I mean? If you're not a huge whiskey fan, don't know much about it. I want this to kind of be a really nice, fun way to get to know America spirit and learn about the great, history that is involved in the spirit and how it can bring people together. And that's the best thing I love is that, I mean, to me, compared to any other spirit out there, bourbon or whiskeys, I mean, it forces you to kind of almost take some time. You have to slow down. And especially in this crazy world these days where everybody's running around like a crazy person, this drink allows you to kind of slow down, take your time, relax and you know spend good time and share great stories with your friends and your family and yeah so i mean this is why i love the spirit i think it's an amazing topic i hope you guys will tune in listen and hopefully yeah um enjoy and as always guys if you're gonna have a drink have it with me and enjoy <laughs>